And you are listening to the Fans of Wrestling Show here on the FOW Radio Network on the Podbean app. I am Patrick, your host with me as always, Danny Danger, and uh, Eric. Guys, fellas, we are here. It's another day, another night. Thursday night. Uh, so ready for uh, Thunder. I mean, no, Thunder in Paradise. Uh, no. Um, well, I guess we, we got something. But it's FOW Radio, guys. Uh, are you guys um, ready for another week of wrestling talk? It is It is that time again. The FOW crew is back. And, of course, uh, you know, three out of four ain't bad. As Mika may or may not drop in, we don't know yet again, you know, at uh, – you know, parts unknown on assignment. Um, but I just want to go ahead and say, before we get started, okay, I know your guys' show, Big Brother, started this week, but this is the fans of wrestling show, not the fans of Big Brother show. So let's go ahead and keep that talk for your other for your guys' other podcast. I mean. I'm here to talk wrestling, even injured. Um, I'm here, and uh, let's get started. You, you're injured. injured? Is, that, have... is that because Tegan Knox found out what you said about her on, yeah, our, on our group chat? and uh, came and whooped your ass, that, yeah. yeah. Hit you I mean, with the shiniest wizard. You got a big no. bump on your head from the shiniest wizard? And I mean, my eyes essentially swollen shut, but I don't really know what's going on, but... Whatever. Conjunctivitis. Nah, I just I just woke up this morning and my eye was hurting and it's been hurting all day. Uh, it just likes the water all day. I mean, yeah, it's pink because I'm rubbing it constantly. Oh, yeah. Maybe you stop rubbing it. You know? Well, yeah. maybe it should stop hurting. Well, you know what you can do? You can, just, you can just reach in and go ahead and pull it out and and just get rid of it. And you want I already have a call to my good uh, my good personal friend Seth Rollins to come and extract it for me. He's good yeah. at that, apparently. Yeah. Well, well you, you know he you know you'd have to kind of stomp it into a staircase or the corner of a staircase or something. Um, That's cool. I have stairs in my back in my backyard. We can we can we can go. make it work. We can make gotcha. it. Gotcha. All right, guys. Let's go ahead and get started with. The Great American Bash. This is NXT's second uh, edition of the Great American Bash. Um, And here we are in the uh, CWC uh, live with with fans, of course. And, yeah, it's a fun fun show. And uh, a quick four-match show, of course, it was... uh, you know, a themed episode of uh, NXT's weekly uh, television show. Uh, lots of fun stuff. Uh, first off, we got started with the NXT Tag Team Championship match where uh, I thought MSK was going to get slaughtered. Um, I think they get beat up pretty good. Uh, uh, but MSK found a way to retain their titles and, and steal your... You know NXT tag team champions. Those well, those guys it, are pretty tough. 
if you listen to the reactions um, during entrances for the match, it seemed quite clear that uh, the CWC was was not on the side of MSK, as though they you know possibly either wanted new champions or just wanted to see those guys get the crap kicked out of them. I don't know, but um, that was a little strange to hear. You know, you think that the young, you know, good-looking high flyers are going to get the cheers all the time, but um, apparently a couple, a couple grizzled, nasty, nasty guys uh, bringing the fight uh, made you know was a little more exciting to the to the CWC this week. But uh, yeah, MSK, you know, survives the survives the beating from the uh, you know from Thatcher and and Champa. And found a way to win. I was a little surprised they did. I think everybody kind of was. If um, if James Drake and the other guy whose name uh, Zach Gibson, if they're the grizzled young vets, does that mean Thatcher and uh, Chomper are like the grizzled old vets? Um, I mean, quite possibly. I mean, they're grizzled and they're old. They're definitely a little bit vets. older. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So to your point, Danger, it's kind of weird. Um, MSK came in hot and, and the CWC loved those guys when they debuted. And I don't know what happened between then and now, but CWC don't really like those boys no more. Um, well, at least not against Thatcher and Chiampa. They've been being booed for at least a month now. Uh, even, even when it was Legato and, uh, and grizzled young vets feuding with MSK, they were, they were still getting booed pretty heavily. Um, I don't. It's super weird. I don't know what happened or where it happened, but yeah, uh, CWC does not like MSK. It's and, they won't tell us what MSK means. And they're just sour. I mean, that's a weird. Uh, I mean, that I mean to know. Yeah. Um, uh, it was it was a good match, I guess. Uh, it seems like we have a theme here at NXT. Anytime that uh, MSK is going to defend the titles, they kind of open the show. Um, good. Well, I mean, that's kind of standard. For, that's kind of standard for takeovers, though. It's been for you know yeah. a long time to have the tag team titles open the show. I feel yeah. like this. I feel like the theme shows are takeovers, but like takeover light. Um, but it was it was a good it was a good opener. I'm 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 happy with it. Um, not necessarily with the outcome, but hey, you can't 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 win them all. <laughs> you can say that again and again. We'll get there. Uh, well, uh, the next championship match it was for the million dollar championship. Mm. Uh, Ella Knight defeated Cameron Grimes. Grimes and uh, and due to your stipul- stipulation, come on, Patrick, English is not that hard. Uh, so Grimes is, Gr- Grimes is now LA Knight's a butler. Yeah, with we brought back the 1980s million dollar championship, and we brought back a 1980s uh, stipulation with the match. Um, Might as well. The loser has to be your butler. Um, I mean, I'm not huge on LA Knight, you know, I mean, he's, he's a decent talker, but in the ring, he's just kind of, he's kind of middle of the road to me. He doesn't really do anything special. 
to to stand out. Um, I don't think NXT needs this kind of pseudo championship, the million dollar title. Um, you know, NXT are, is only a two hour weekly show, and they have quite a few championships already. You know, the main championship, North American, the tag, the women's tag, the women and the cruiserweight title. So I don't yeah. think the the solution is more championships. Um, you know, I've never been a fan of more championships is better, but, um, the match was fine. Uh, you know, so I guess now we get a bunch of goofy sketches and skits of, of Grimes being his butler and, uh, you know, trying to LA Knight trying to kind of torture him and make it, make it more humiliating and more humiliating, um, as the weeks go by. I don't. I don't remember if there was a timeline for the stipulation, like if it was thirty days or until you win a match or something. I don't know. So we'll just see how. I guess it goes on till till people get tired of it. At least he doesn't want to wear a dress. Hopefully, that well, we know you, ne- of. you never know. As a butler, he might you know make him wear a dress. Who knows? French maid might make him that. shave. Might make him shave his beard and get a haircut so he looks oh, like a respectable but you know butler. Shave yeah. his hair too, get him bald. Yeah, yeah. Looks mm-hmm. look like Jeeves. No, make go. him look like Virgil. Yeah, sleeveless shirt, sleeveless dress shirt, and everything. Absolutely. Um, he's not gonna yeah. be in Olive Garden. Uh, so yeah, I agree. Not the titles. Maybe the what, they need to rethink. If they ever try to relieve the uh, ECW brand, I, I I wouldn't put it past it to try to create NXT ECW. Look, mm. this is bound to happen, okay? Ratings are down. They need to come up with something. Uh, so who knows? They maybe might bring the hardcore title back. Not as um, down as Dynamite. So, yeah, well, <clears throat> that's what she said. Um, yeah, so we'll see. Next up, speaking of titles and title changes, the way found their way to a loss and no longer champions as Io Shirai and Zoe Stark defeated them clean in the middle of the ring all on their own, showing the hard work and dedication and honesty will pay off in the end. So, yeah. You yeah, got a definitely new champ. wasn't a run in there. It was Absolutely plan. not. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah, quick fun match, well, and we got new yeah. champs. Fun match, and the titles stay uh stay jumping. As uh you know, so far we haven't had a a real lengthy reign with his championships just yet, as they've only been around a few months, and we we're now already on to our fourth set of champions. Yep. Um, so you know, I guess just shows the unpredictability of the women's division, but. Yeah, you know, I mean, yet again, we knew the match was going to be fun, you know. Uh, I think Zoe was the the one that, you know, the the one we didn't, ex- you know, had the least exposure to, I guess. Um, but she definitely proved, you know, proved she belongs in, in the tag team division at least. Um, you know, and of course the big thing is, you know, Tegan Knox finally returning. Hopefully the girl, you know, now has a bionic knee and she won't have to worry about it. You know, well, crapping I out mean, of her anymore. That thing is like three times bionic or two times. Yeah. 
Was that yeah, the one that so, she hurt twice? Because she's had three ACL injuries, hasn't she? Yeah. It's all been on the same knee, I think. Yeah, because she just has the know. one knee brace coming back. So I don't know. I Unless she you know, damaged the other one first and it just healed better or something. But so the first knee She came injury, in wearing clothes that looked like they were way too big for her. Yeah, um, she's from 1990 at this point. Um, yeah. Her all first cool knee injury are, was on okay. her, her right knee, and then the last two have been on her left knee. Oh, okay. okay, so that's why she has the big brace on her left then. Okay. Yeah. So um, not that I'm not that I'm uh, uh you know wishing injury on in anyone, but I guess her, she's when when she gets her knee injured again, it'll be hopefully the right knee. So because the, the left knee kind of takes so them out or something. Um, I guess well, she doesn't have to worry about that. And, hopefully not. Uh, she can stay around for a while and, you know, say if she's... I mean, she's only you know, 26 she, years old. Yeah, she's very young. Think about she's that. been in NXT for several years, and most of that time, unfortunately, she's been on the shelf. So, yeah, that's you know, kind of crazy the girl, the girl really needs some good vibes in her, in her corner so that she can, you know, now get out there and yeah. start, start, you know, building her name. And, uh, you know, hopefully these, these knee surgeries and all this haven't really affected her in-ring capabilities as much um for sure but you know targeting the way i think is good it puts her you know high profile um you know i think you know she could have good matches with with either of the either of the girls in the way yeah. um Being you know, so, both. yeah yeah knocking him in the head with that knee brace um mm-hmm. what's the point of having a knee brace if you can't beat people up with it i know right but yeah, I, I was gonna try to say it's kind of crazy though. At 26 years, she's already had three major ACLs. surgeries. Yeah, yeah, major I surgeries mean, on her legs. Yeah, it's it's, it's kind of crazy. Um, but yeah, she's still very young. She's still very talented, and uh, you know, uh, she led the first, the second, or the third, um, you know, injury stopper. She's gonna be here better than ever. And at some point, she's going to find Dakota Kai and beat her up as well. Uh, your main event, Adam Cole defeated Kyle O'Reilly. Now, 20 minutes on NXT TV, I guess it can feel like a long time. Uh, I, I don't understand why they had to wrestle again. I, I just I thought that their last match um, at TakeOver, uh, which was like 10 hours, I feel like, should have been it. I feel like they put Cole in a match against somebody that he, you know, has fear with to just put him in a match and give him a win. But I just don't get the point of, of seeing this match again. And hopefully this will be the last time. Um, well, I mean, it was a good match. We knew it would be going in, you know. Um, and, yeah, this match was about half the time of their of their unsanctioned match. But – but yeah, I'm with you. I would, you know, you would think that after an unsanctioned, you know, violent brawl like they had, that that would kind of be the end of things between them for a little bit. But instead, they kind of go backwards and just make them fight in a traditional wrestling match, which is a little confusing. And it was also a little confused that Cole just went over, com- you know, Cole won completely, completely clean. Um, I es- I expected that yes, Cole would win this match but that he would do it by bending or breaking the rules. And, you know, Kyle showed that when there's no rules, 
he may be the tougher one. He can take, you know, he can he can take a beating and dish it out. But Cole, you know, would show that within the confines of a wrestling match, he's smarter because he bends the rules and breaks the rules, um, you know, as he's able to achieve victory. So when he won kind of without without any kind of, you know, shenanigans, I was a little surprised. Um, but like you said, maybe it's just something for Cole to do until the next, um, you know, whatever's next for him. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, it was a little strange that they would, after doing something so, you know, violent, uh, that, that they had, then they just go back to, you know, now we're going to do lockups and, and, and trade holds and stuff. It was a little strange. Yeah. I'm like you, I was, um, I was pretty shocked that Cole won clean. Um, cause that's never really been Cole's MO in NXT. Um, yeah, but I guess, you know get the definitive win, call it a day, all that fun stuff. Um, but, I mean, it was a good match we've come to expect between Cole and O'Reilly. I mean, they're two fantastic workers. Uh, the sky's the limit for both of them. And I, I don't really know what's next for Cole. I don't really think that he goes back to the NXT title. I don't, I, I don't really know what's left for Adam Cole in NXT, if there's anything left for Adam Cole in NXT. Um, so, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, I mean, perfect timing for, you know, with the literally main roster returning, you know, having fans return uh, next weekend, uh, you know, to the you know live shows, I think. Yeah, I mean, he could definitely be one of those surprises uh, that we probably may get uh, next week. I mean, weekend. the draft's coming, too, so who knows what happens there. He may get drafted. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, great match. Great match. As expected. Yeah. All right, so announced for next week, um, it'll, it'll be a championship match for the NXT title. Uh, as Karrion Cross will be defending the belt against Johnny Gargano, and your special guest referee Samoa Joe. Yeah, I I initially found it strange that you know, given that this is the it's you know it's a, it's not a takeover; it's essentially a themed episode of the NXT Weekly Show. But that they would just have a face-off between champion and, you know, future challenger. Um, it seems like you would just do that on a regular show, not a special show that's supposed to be kind of, you know, made well, to feel like it's bigger than just a regular weekly event. Um, sure, but I mean, think about it. The Great American Bash has a certain meaning. I mean, it's the one pay-per-view that, you know, Hulk Hogan wouldn't work in WCW. And, you know... We, we we had good non wrestling moments in the past, you know. You know, I'm a big fan of the '90s. Of course, everybody knows this because I'm like super old. But you know, you, you, you get you know the old days. Uh, back when you know Eric Bischoff got powerbombed through a table by Kevin Nash. That 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 happened on the Great American Bash. Um, you know, and different things. So I think this there's there's you know you want to hype it up and hey, you, maybe you want to make um, you know, make make show bigger, you know, and want to have make something special out of the next episode. I think 
you know, they didn't try to, uh, you know, load up this Great American Bash like they did last year. So, I mean, the last year they had like 15 matches in two nights or something like that. So here, you know, just a little. They, they gave them a teaser. Um, you know, we, you know, uh, and also, you know, you don't want full heartbreak for all of the way. You know, losing everybody, losing in one night. So they just want to spare him for the next week. And he needs to console Candace before Candace consoles him. Yeah, maybe so. Now, as much as I joke, though, uh, I wouldn't be surprised, especially with Samoa Joe as the guest referee, for there to be shenanigans. Uh, and this possibly be the way that they take the belt off Cross. Uh, you know, if Cross moves up to uh, the main roster without the championship. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, I mean, yet again, they, you know, Vince was down at the PC, apparently scouting, uh, you know, Cross and Bronson Reed had matches on main event. Several of the NXT women had dark matches. So, you know, they are scouting people to, to move up, I guess, with, you know, as there will be more, you know, live fans in attendance, you know, starting next week. Um, mm-hmm. You know, maybe I apparently Cross is someone they're interested in, so. If they do, you know, decide to call him up, yeah, you know, there could be shenanigans, um, you know, and he does it, you know, he would in fact lose it there, um, you know, freeing him up to for main roster. But, you know, also we've seen in the past, you know, with Kevin Owens where he kind of played double duty for a while as yeah. NXT champion, and he was on, you know, he was on uh, the main roster, you know, feuding with John Cena as well, you know, over the United mm-hmm. States Championship. So... It's not unheard of to do double duty and still be a champion, but typically you would think he would, you know, lose the belt um, to go up. So this could be that time, you know, like you said, with Joe and shenanigans and, uh, you know, Johnny somehow, you know, takes advantage of the of the shenanigans and, and could find his way a champion once again. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Go ahead, Eric. I was just going to say, I think this is the way we get the the belt off cross. Uh, I mean, if if WWE is really serious about bringing him up without Scarlett, uh, very intrigued as to what the next couple weeks are going to entail for him. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know. It's uh, it's a, It feels like it's a weird time in NXT. Yeah. Um, just a weird time when when there's you know the uh, whenever there's roster call-ups or the threat of call-ups you know it's it definitely you know it heavily affects NXT and their storylines when you know the the top gets scooped up and then you have to quickly usher people into their places so it's always kind of strange and we're in that kind of whole it's you know we're in that kind of period where Everybody thinks that it's not just going to be one or two people going up right away. It's going to be like a handful. So everybody's kind of, I think, I think even the wrestlers and even creative in NXT may not know who's going up just yet. And so they're kind of putting things in this, you know, holding pattern where it gives some people ways to exit. If that is the case, Um, you know, or it gives people, you know, if they decide not to take them, then they can, you know, they can change things quickly and have them stay. 
so I think that's kind of why it just kind of feels like this, like an odd time. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I get that. It's just, it seems like they're, like, I don't want to say hot shot booking. It just seems kind of, they don't really know what direction they're going in right now, I guess, because they don't technically know what's going to happen. Yeah. They don't want to book plan something. That's going to be a, a three or four month program. When, Within a month, that person will be out of NXT, and then they're just kind of left with so many loose ends. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll see. Um, a, a lot, a lot, uh, you know, banking on what's going to happen. You know, with the live shows, of course, uh, with ratings being with the what they are, and the networks, you know, uh, putting in more input. Have more an opinion, uh, so yeah, we'll we'll see. Uh, I mean, they they did clean up the roster, but they still they still got room uh, to do more. Yeah. So yeah, uh, we'll see here. Um, they also uh, announced the full uh, roster uh, for the uh, breakout tournament, the NXT breakout tournament that will begin next week. Uh, on NXT as well, and uh, they are Trey Baxter, Carmelo Hayes, Andre Chase, Josh Briggs, who I forgot was still in the roster, uh, Ikemanjiro, Joe Gacy, Odyssey Joan, and Duke Hudson. Um, uh, I think uh, I, I can't remember which one. Uh, I think it was Andre Chase. Uh, that it was the. Uh, Former Harlem Bravado, as well. I, I also did forget yeah, he was yeah, also I think, on the roster. Yeah, yeah, I think he was. Yeah, I forgot about him too. That he got that he got picked up. Yeah, didn't he get picked up no. the same time Anthony Henry did? Yeah, uh, yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah I, think I think they were they part of the got, same class together. Yeah, yeah, I um, think uh, I think that the last handful of uh, the evolved guys that got signed were that. Group. Yeah, yeah. Um, I honestly, you know, and and this is kind of essentially the point of the breakout tournament is to introduce, you know, the regular NXT viewers to these people, give them a bigger spotlight to shine. Even if they don't win the tournament, they have big mat, you know, they have some high profile matches. The fans kind of get introduced to them. And then when these guys down the line start making moves, they, they know them a little bit, but yeah, I honestly don't really know enough about any of these competitors to really sit here and try to pick out a winner. Um, you know, it's just, I, that's, I think that's kind of the way it's set up by design. Um, you know, as most of these guys have had very few, if any matches on, on TV, be it NXT or even the 205 live. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of at a loss. I don't really know where this is going to go, but hopefully it turns out better than, uh, the last time they did the breakout tournament as a lot of those people are no longer with the company. Um, the right. winner is no longer with the company. Um, you know, you no, had, you know, uh, yeah. some of them, uh, you know, Joaquin Wilde was a part of that. And now he's part of, you know, Legato del Fantasma. So, you know, he's doing well, fairly well for himself. Um, but, uh, yeah, it doesn't, you know, the people in that, the competitors in that match don't definitely have a big track record. Um, mm-hmm. So hopefully this crop well, can kind of be the next, you know, step up, uh, you know, lower to middle card uh, wrestlers as NXT shifts 
and the middle guys have to go up to the top, this can be a, a, the new crop that can fill that kind of middle spot. Right. Uh, well, you know, we did see, I think, wasn't it uh, Carmelo Hayes that had that match with Kushida a week or two ago? Um, yeah, yeah, he had, yeah, he had one match with Kushida. Yeah, yeah. The, the former Christian Casanova, and of course, uh, yeah, Odyssey uh, Tra- was on Tra- TV or something, wasn't he? Odyssey yeah. Jones wasn't he on Tra- TV recently too? Yeah, Trey he had a tryout at main event, I think. Oh, that was what it was. Okay, he was he was part of one of the main event tryouts. Okay, yeah, Trey Tra- Batch, of course, the former Blake Christian. Um, so uh, we we saw him some in. Uh, New Japan, uh, yeah, and and uh, of America as well, yeah, yeah. And then Carmelo uh, so, Hayes just had a match with Cole the other week. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he did. He he lost the Panama Sunrise. Yeah, um, establishing a secondary finisher for Adam. You know, a move he he doesn't win matches with much, but with a lesser opponent, you win a match, and so it can make it a more believable near fall than big matches, which I yeah. which I like. I like that aspect. Um, um, so uh, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing how a lot, a lot of these guys fare, uh, seeing yeah. them uh, in other worlds, but in, in the WWE universe, it's it's a whole other, uh, it's a whole yeah. other show. So uh, yeah, uh, so here's that because they've done shine. Now, moving on, uh, looking at. Other things that we have uh, coming up uh, in, in the news, uh, you know, it's it's all about uh, it's it's good news, fun news, uh, something to look forward to. Uh, as they just recently announced uh, that they extended the state of emergency uh, in uh, Tokyo, Japan, for the Olympics. So the Olympics this year will be uh, only available to see. Via your television, uh, no fans will be allowed um, in uh, in in the Olympics. Um, but the good news is that beginning September 18th, we will have the 31st G1 climax. So we finally have a date. Uh, so the, the the 18th is when we begin. And it'll wrap up a month later on the 21st. Uh, and, of course, uh, nothing to do with Tokyo this year, but uh, they'll be in Osaka, Ottawa, Kobe, uh, Hama- Hamamatsu, Hiroshima, Koshi, Sendai, and Yokohama as the uh, several uh, hosts uh, that will you know, have the G1 Climax uh, I, so, I guess they're staying away from some of you know some of the areas that are under the state of the emergency, like Tokyo right. and a few other areas, so that they can have more live you know more fans in attendance for for the G one shows. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just always a big draw for them. Um, you know, it's one of the bigger yeah. times of the year for New Japan. It has more eyes on it, I think, than you know than any other time of the year. Uh, you know, still waiting on competitors, and yet again, I think they're still probably waiting on the conditions in Japan to see if you know they're allowed to bring some of the the gaijins in. You know, if if you know guys like Juice and Finley and Jay White and you know even Kenta and stuff are going to be able to come back. I think Kenta will be back 
this weekend actually for the uh, uh, summer struggle shows. So he's at least back in Japan. So he could potentially be another part of the G1 as well. But, you know, some of the other American guys that are going to be part of uh, the New Japan in America event in L.A. Um, and California, you know, we don't know if they will, you know, especially with John Moxley and his, you know, his, his AEW commitments, would he be allowed to take a month away from AEW, you know, or a month or more, depending on how things go. Um to be in the G1, so we'll just have to have to see on that. Um, and you know, but it's always an exciting time. It's always exciting when you see the announcements of of who is you know who's in and who's not. But it, I think they're probably going to wait on that just to see you know who all could be available. You know, because if some of the American guys, you know, the bigger names, you know, like I said, Jay White, Moxley. You know, Finn Juice and, um, you know, among others, uh, will not be allowed in to Japan, then, you know, then you kind of have to go to second string guys who essentially would not have made the original cut. You know, guys like, you know, guys possibly like a Yujiro Takahashi, you know, may be in the G1 again, essentially because bigger people who would be in his place will not be there. So he's kind he, you know, he would kind of be an alternate, I guess, um, you know, and that can of course greatly affect the tournament. If you're going to have somebody, you know, who's good, who's just going to be scraping the bottom, you know, where most people will get wins over him. That kind of, that definitely affects the tournament. Um, mm-hmm. But it's exciting. It's definitely a big, exciting announcement, you know, and of course the G, the winner of the G one gets to challenge for the IWGP heavyweight championship at Wrestle Kingdom in the Tokyo Dome. So not only does the tournament itself hold a lot of prestige uh, by winning it, because it is a very grueling, a very grueling tournament. Um, but then of course there is, you know, uh, an even bigger prize to the winner. Um, so it's, it's definitely a big, exciting time. We got summer struggle, you know, going on. We got the Wrestle Grand Slam coming up, you know, this month. And it's good things to know the G1 will, you know, be coming back in September. Yeah. Uh, of course, uh, yeah, we, we've had, we, we, do, we do have summer struggle. We have a couple of title matches there. Uh, so definitely uh, lots of stuff getting ready this summer. So uh, we'll, we'll likely see the announcements uh, after that, after, after summer struggle. Probably have that, you know, press conference, and uh, you know, once they, they they're able to know who they can bring over and who they can have yeah. to have this. But yeah, excited to see that uh, that, that we finally have a date uh, to look forward to in a fun month uh, of G one chaos and uh, bring out your calculators, uh, you know, and start doing set the mathematics. To, set them to your G1 math. Uh-huh. You know, set them to G1 math coordinates, yeah. Yeah, because we we are about to do a whole lot of math, especially the last week or two of the tournament when everybody has to win over everybody. And, you know, yeah. really it's like there's like five different scenarios on who could win. And, uh, yeah, all, all the fun that, that the G1 brings to us, so. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, now, so the the women uh, are also, you know, I want to highlight the women in pro wrestling as well because they uh, they continue to show up and 
and, and grow in many places. Uh, MLW just announced uh, that they will be launching uh, their women's division. Uh, of course, we've seen them uh, feature women uh, on MLW TV, including the first ever female uh, executive producer of a wrestling uh, program with Susan De La Renta. But here we're going to focus on uh, a roster, uh, a women's division to do the wrestle. And they brought in, you know, nobody better that, you know, uh, named the cinema synonymous, synonymous uh, with uh, women's wrestling uh, for a long time. Dave Prezak is going, has joined the promotion. Of course, uh, he runs Shimmer uh, out of the Midwest, but, you know, I, we talked about this before. It's just uh, the way the Shimmer works, the way that the pressure runs those weekend shows, and, you know, like uh, it, it's just a, a whole thing that's maximizing having, you know, a full crowd and people traveling yeah. all yeah. over the country. Uh, and, you know, that's necessarily not what, what can happen right now. Still, you know, even though the restrictions are softening, they're still out there, and some people still don't feel like the travel is, is the most safe thing to do. And, um, you know, he brings just about almost every woman that he can that's not uh, under contract to, to, to yeah, the show. Yeah, from around the world a lot of times. Yeah. From Australia and Japan and the U.K. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and like you said, that – his business model isn't set up for the way things are in COVID. A lot of people have yep. changed their business model to where, you know, the con- they're looking for streaming or television distribution to be the, the income generator for Shimmer. But Shimmer's always had, yes, they do, you know, tape Ray, all these shows. Come on. But it's always been I'm not playing with you today. Get in a here. very long delay from mm-hmm. when the show happens to when the DVDs are available. Right. So it definitely depends on having, you know, that Irwin, you know, that that Berwin Eagles club packed out so they can right. pay everybody and pay everything. And, um, you know, but you're you're definitely not, you know, that building. I mean, they they cram. It's it's a very fairly small building and they cram people in there like sardines. Um, so mm-hmm. I can see where that's still not really, you know, safe or doesn't really be a lot of people feel, wouldn't feel comfortable with that. You know, you. You could wear masks and stuff, but you you definitely can't socially distance in there. Um, So it's it's good that he can you know put his talents to use on somewhere where there is television distribution, where there is Mm -hmm. you know strong internet streaming, you know, and hopefully he can bring you know he can utilize a lot of the people that you know he would currently use in Shimmer for Shimmer events. Um, right. You know, with with the MLW show, but yeah. you know, Prezak has shown that he's a great, you know, uh, you know, he knows he he's a great recognizer of talent, a great developer of talent. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as most of you know WWE's roster of of women's competitors have at least spent some time in Shimmer, if not, you know, some of them yeah. having having longer I mean, terms there than the others. Yeah, I mean, you you look at the, the roster. If you, I mean, if you just Google, you know, Shimmer, and I look at that roster that's that's come through. Who all's been there? Yeah, all this. I mean, like 
you got the who's who in some of the. I mean, Natty, Natty was ever. part of some of the early shows, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, Mercedes Martinez has pretty much been a, a a stalwart of Shimmer from its inception. I think she was main evented the first show, you know, over ten years ago. So you know, she's she's been there and done everything in that company. Um, but I mean, even you know, Bailey stopped by there. Yeah. Um, you know, of course, you know, several others. Uh, you know, had their long term stays or short, you know, short stays, but, um, you know, yeah, but Dave Prezak has definitely been a, yeah, well, yeah, WWE's head trainer, you know, for women, um, you know, Sarah Del Rey, of course, being a, a founding member of Shimmer as well. Um, but so hopefully Prezak can put that to good use, um, with MLW, hopefully that, you know, that will help add some, you know, some good leverage to MLW's women division as, you know, it was right about when COVID started to break out that MLW started saying, hey, we're going to do a women's division. You know, we're going to do it big. We're going to do it right. And then kind of COVID hit and, you know, that, that definitely put everything on hold. So, you know, they haven't, although they haven't really announced a lot of talent yet, um, mm-hmm. you know, if any, I definitely think bringing Dave Frazak in um, will help them do that. It'll, you know, he'll, he'll be there to help, you know, see the talent help pick the talent and, you know, set their direction. Um, and, you know, even oh. his, na- even his name alone at this point in women's wrestling kind of adds legitimacy. Right. Yeah. And, you know, Kurt Bauer has done a great job uh, with MLW, you know, uh, from, from, the, from the, you know, from the one shot that he originally intended to be just a one show to the second show to then just reviving, uh, the league, uh, and we see the opportunities that he's given a lot of wrestlers, many who basically go through through that roster and, and now are in, you know, in WWE and AEW um, and, and other places. But, you know, and, and of course, we will hear the rumors how even WWE has their eyes on MLW as a possible feeder system to, to them. So, um, yeah. It's you know I think that between all the the resources MLW has the backing and you know uh, of Corbauer uh, and now Dave's you know mind and the way you know he's not somebody who you know he's somebody who you can trust in doing good with the women's division. It's not like. Uh, it's not something that that he's not gonna take seriously. Something that really we're gonna see women shine and do a great job. So I'm looking forward to that. Now on to another place that is doing big things with women this summer is of course Ring of Honor. Yes, as they've been. You know, we talked. I talked a little bit about it last week as I've been mm-hmm. following the you know Ring of Honor Women's Division Wednesdays every week. Now. Um, and you know they just keep they keep giving people these tickets to gold, which is you know a guaranteed entry into the tournament. And all they kept saying was this summer, sometimes this summer. Well, here we are, you know, the second week of July, and there's still not an official date set mm-hmm. for the start of the tournament. You know, the summer's halfway through well, at this point. They, they did. But- but they did say, right. yeah, they did say that you know, best in the world, ROH pay per view, best in the world is this weekend, mm-hmm. and 
They will be, you know, they gave out the final tickets to gold uh, tonight. And they will be announcing the first round brackets right. on Best in the World. Now, I don't know if they're going to announce how it's going to be done. I don't know if it's going to be done, you know, one match a week, continue the Women's Division Wednesday release on YouTube, if it's going to be on ROH TV, you know, no. if it's going to mix into ROH pay-per-view. Not quite sure how it's going to be featured yet. Not quite sure on start date still. Don't know if we'll get more details on that at Best in the World. But that is the big announcement for their women's division is that the yeah. first round, you know, all the women have been selected. The first round brackets will be announced. Um and you know that's that's where we go from there on that. Right. Well, uh, the so the tournament is going to kick off the weekend of July thirty first. Okay. So okay. So I, okay. I'm okay. So I missed um, that announcement then. Yeah. Um, and apparently, Maria Canellis is going to award an additional ticket. Okay. Uh, uh, to, on, on, the on the ROH YouTube channel. Uh, I on on. Well, on she did two. T- she did two tonight. Oh, she did? Um, yeah, she did two tonight. Okay, uh, so that's probably what it was. Division, they had women's division Wednesday yesterday. They tried to give a ticket to Allie Rex, but she was injured recently and unfortunately had to decline the offer. Um, so they said that they would they would go they would go live on YouTube tonight, which they you know is already coming past at this point, um, and award two more tickets to gold. And I think that fills out the tournament. Um, I saw yeah, who they well, named, but I haven't watched the official announcement yet. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. Yeah, I haven't seen that either. But here are the names that they've announced so far. Angelina Love, mm. Roxy, Miranda Alize, or Alize. Alize is how she pronounces it. Okay. Yeah. Trish Adora, Allison Kay, Maserati, Willow Nightingale, Just Mandy Willow Leon, Nicole Savoy, Nikki. Max the Impaler, Max. Alex Gracia, and Sumi Sakai. Okay. They the two they announced tonight were um they gave tickets to uh Holiday and okay. Marty Bell. All right. Um so like both those. of them are now in the tournament as well. It's a very good mix of talent. Um, you know, you have some newer people. Mm-hmm. That haven't yet really gotten a, a, a national type exposure, you know. A couple of them coming through the Ring of Honor dojo, um, a couple of them just kind of, you know, still breaking out regionally. Um, but then you have, you know, some that are have broken out a little more, had a little more TV time, um, you know, with Ring of Honor, with AEW, you know, things like that, like, uh, you know, or NWA, like with Marty Bell and Holiday and even Alex Gracia, um, and then of course, you know, you have your your um your ring of honor uh you know main main roster people uh you know they're longer time women you know Mandy Leone, Angelina Love, Sumi Sakai um all getting you know tickets as well um so it's a very interesting mix of of styles of personalities of skill levels um I'm I'm very I'm very interested and excited for it I really appreciate it the way they did it when it was Women of Honor, you know, the first go around, I felt yeah. they did a very good job with that. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm excited to see how, you know, how now that it's just the Ring of Honor women's division, um, how, you know, how it plays out. Yeah. 
Uh, de definitely, definitely interested to see that. Um, on the other side, uh, Impact Wrestling, Diana Purrazzo, uh will be defending her championship against a uh, mystery opponent uh, at Impact Slammiversary uh, on the 17th. Um, do we smell uh, a, a big uh, de debut or return here? Yeah, I, I, gotta, I think I that's think what they're that. going for. Yeah, I you know they they've already you know the the rumors have come out essentially that there will be you know one big uh, debut slash return for the knockouts division, at least one, and you know probably two in the men's division. Yeah. So, you know, at Slammiversary, they've been teasing where people will return, etc. You know, and we had that crop of WWE talent that was released a few months ago. Their 90-day no-competes will be up by the time Slammiversary comes around. If I'm not mm -hmm. mistaken, they end this week. Yeah, yeah. So they will be available, you know, for to be on television next weekend. Um, so, of course, some of the names that have already been speculated thus far for the for this of course one of the big ones being chelsea green mm -hmm. um you know she's a she's of course a former knockouts champion you know she really kind of came into her own on a national level in yeah. impact um you know had a brief stint with wwe got hurt you know didn't really get didn't really get a fair shot was released nope. um you know, she has a she has a history with Deanna. They've been longtime friends. You know, they teamed together on the Florida loops of uh of NXT. And so, you know, that that would be somebody that would be a big return, you know, for impact if Chelsea comes back. And of course, there's been rumors that, you know, she has said that she's been in talks with executives with impact, you know, about possibly coming back. So she's even admitted that there's been discussions. Um, another Rumor that I've seen floating around with some of the fans online since this decision was was made on television tonight um, is Mickey James. Mickey James, of course, you know, arguably, you know, one of the greatest knockouts of all time, yep. having held that championship multiple times. Um, you know, she's she's working with the NWA. She's going to be doing the Empower event. She'll be wrestling at the an NWA pay per view as well. But I don't know if her deal with NWA is, is exclusive or not. Um, you know, if it would allow her possibly to work with Impact, so she could possibly mm -hmm. do that. There, you know, some of the fans said that on the live broadcast, you know, the segment Gail Kim announced Diana, you know, would have a mystery opponent. The very next segment showed clips of of knockout matches, and the very first clip that showed was Mickey James, uh, you know, attacking. Angelina Love was pummeling Angelina Love. So that is what led to the speculation of it possibly being Mickey is that was the very first face you saw in the very next segment as somebody who could possibly return. Um, you know, Eric and I were kind of discussing it earlier. And, you know, what if it's somebody through this, this forbidden door that has now been opened between the promotions? What if somebody from AEW comes and answers mm -hmm. that challenge? Um, yeah. You know, be it, you know, possibly the former champion Hikaru Shida or, you know, and I mean, it could be Serena Deeb who's contracted them, um, but is also working with the NWA. You know, like there's a whole lot of possibilities. Um, I think Chelsea is probably one of the more likely candidates. Um, 
you know, as yet again, her character was made and developed with impact. Um, and, uh, you know, of course her, her husband working with, with impact some as well, definitely probably helps. Um, but I think she's probably the most likely candidate, but it's either way. I think Dionic Perazzo still comes out looking strong. Um, you know, she's been the dominant champion. She's my, she's, she's easily my favorite women's champion right now. And it's because of the way she carries herself and presents herself as a champion, not just her matches, which are all great. And she's always gets a dominant win, usually by submission. Um, you know, she's, uh, amazing technical wrestler but she carries and presents herself like a champion she doesn't just hang out in a wrestling gear with her t-shirt on and hang out doing that and cut promos on that she always dresses up like in professional attire when she goes up to speak when she's doing backstage interviews you know she carries herself like you would think a champion should behave um you know trying to raise the prestige of the championship etc so if she, if somebody comes back, whoever it is, Mickey, Chelsea, somebody from AEW, if she wins, she looks great. She continues her dominant ways, continues to you know have the claim saying that she's the greatest knockout, and you know continues on the road, clearing out the division. Who's next? We get to get at that storyline. If she loses to somebody who comes in, who's a former champion, who she had no time to prepare for. So ultimately, they surprise her. She still doesn't really lose a lot if she loses the championship in that manner. So I think it's it's a great situation for Diana. No matter who they bring in, um, I'm confident they will have a good match. Uh, so I'm I'm really looking forward to it. And she is, you know, Diana and the women's division has, you know, especially the knockouts division has always been a highlight of impact for. Yep. Um, you know, throughout the years, they've always been outstanding. It's always been consistent, great matches, great characters, you know, great flow in and out of talent. Um, so I, I'm, you know, definitely that for me is, is the highlight of this event. Right. Yeah, I'm excited for this too. Um, I don't really know who it's going to be. Uh, you know, being like Danger said, we've speculated. Um, I. Part of me hopes it's Sheeta. Part of me hopes it's Mickey James. Part of me hopes it's Chelsea. Part of me hopes all three of them show up. I mean, like hell, let's just let's just make Impact a knockout show mm-hmm. at this point. <laughs> who who even who even do they have on the men's roster at this point? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's all about the exactly. Knockouts. It's all about the knockouts. Mm-hmm. Well, let's finish up here before we get to. Uh... Tour call. Uh, so uh, we're gonna talk now uh, about very briefly about uh, AEW and that debut. Uh, although, well, the wrestling debut Andrade had was great, but no, the mystery debut uh, of Malachi Black. As uh, the former Tommy End, also known in WWE as Alistair Black, uh, it is now all elite. He came, he beat up Art Anderson, then beat up Cody Rhodes, and yeah, Malachi Black. 
well, you know, he was one of those that was, you know, released recently by the NXT, by the WWE. Is you know, they couldn't really. They went on this whole thing. We can't find anything for you. We're not sure what to do with you. They finally threw him on TV. He seemed to have a program set up with Big E, and then he falls victim to roster cuts. Um, you know, a lot of fans were upset by that, but also excited for the promise of what could be wherever he were to show up. Um, you know, just yesterday, he released a, you know, a video segment um, about himself and chronic, you know, kind of chronicling, sum- summarizing, I guess, his past and saying who he would be. You know, it showed him in an asylum where the doctors told him, you know, he'd been in this asylum for five years. And, you know, they were trying to convince him that his name was Tom. Um, you know, and he kept saying that wasn't his name, etc. He eventually snaps, kills the doctors, and ultimately declares that he is Malachi Black. And then really only a few hours after that was released... We see him appear on Dynamite, um, striking Arn Anderson, then striking Cody Rhodes. So Malachi Black, he is already with his own All Elite Wrestling t-shirt. Um, you know, despite a surprise debut, he still had a t-shirt ready for the, to give them to put on the presses at Pro Wrestling Tees. Um, strong debut. I mean, you attack Arn, you attack Cody. That definitely establishes you as a heel. You know, Cody being, you know, kind of the, the you know, essentially the, the quintessential good guy of of AEW. And, of course, Arn Anderson, you know, fan favorite. He's not really to wrestle anymore, so attacking him makes you look like a POS. Um, excited and interested to see where it goes. Of course, we have seen people come in hot, fight Cody Rhodes, lose, and then kind of fall down the card very quickly. Cough, um, Sean Spears, cough. Yeah, Sean Spears, of course, is a big one. Even Anthony Agogo, you know, since he, he lost the pay-per-view <laughs> match against Cody, you know, has kind of been an afterthought since then. So hopefully this isn't just to bring him up and feed him to Cody and then have him disappear again. Um, you know, he looked great. I don't know why his face was still purpley. I don't I'm not sure if he's still trying to sell whatever happened between Seth Rollins and Murphy and he. I don't know why you would continue to sell that from another company. Doesn't really make sense. Um I haven't watched his video yet. I just read the summary. Uh so I don't know if something happens in his video and he's got that already on his face in the video when he escapes from the asylum essentially. And then of course the first thing he does is is go to Dynamite um after escaping a mental asylum for 5 years. Why not? Um but I'm I'm optimistic, you know. He can def, you know. We know we've seen him as as Alistair Black in NXT, you know. We've seen him, you know, on the Independents prior to that. We know what he's capable of if he's allowed. And in WWE on the main roster, you know, they didn't really give him that chance. So now's his chance. Hopefully, he doesn't get sidelined like a Miro, and they just kind of mess around with him for a long time before really giving him his shot to be who he, who everybody wanted him to be. Um, hopefully he, you know, this, this is the big start for him and it's, it continues with him as a major player, um, in a, you know, 
a national television wrestling company, which he should have been on Monday Night Raw. Yeah, I'm very intrigued to see what happens with Black. Um, He has all the intangibles to be a major player. Um, We all know that. He's a fantastic worker. He's got charisma out the wazoo. Um, I really hope they don't do the same thing that they did with Sean Spears with him. Uh, Debut him. Hey, I'm going to fight Cody and then just kind of fall off to the wayside. Feed him to Cody. Yeah. Yeah. Just feed him, build him up, feed him to Cody and then kick him to the side. Yeah. Um, but I mean, in the grand scheme of things, uh, somebody needs to alert, uh, the Miami police that there's a murderer, uh, running yeah. around. Uh, he has killed mental. He's an escape. Well, patient. They, they're going out. They're on their way to Texas. So, that's fine. Uh, then we'll alert the the Texas authorities. F- yeah, the FBI. Authorities in Texas. The FBI can um, the state lines. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, we'll even call in the National Guard if we need to. But there is yeah. an escape mental asylum patient who has murdered uh, at least two two doctors. Yeah. So and he was on television. So we we should we should probably look into that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely a dangerous situation. As soon as we end the podcast tonight, we'll, you know, we'll email the police and let mm-hmm. them know what's up. Yeah, be on the lookout, ladies and gentlemen, for the yeah. for the madman. He's got tattoos everywhere. He's potentially, um, ar- you know, not armed that we know of. No, but extre- considered extremely dangerous. Yeah. Well, he does have two arms. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> probably, are probably having to be registered as, as uh, lethal weapons. You know, so. He Don't get near him, or you'll feet. get a black mask. He has educated feet. Um, can okay, so so seriously, can we talk about this for the commentary flub for a second? Uh oh, what other flub did they do? So Another? all three of them were doing different commentating. One person was saying, "Who is this guy?" The other person's like, "Well, that's Tommy End," and then the other guy's like, "That's Malachi Black," and then it's like, "Well, who is this guy?" Like they're all like. Be consistent. Just like they're trying to show oh you that God. nobody knows. It's a mystery. It's a surprise. Nobody knows him, but we know that his name's Malachi Black, and we also know that his name's Tommy End. But nobody knows yeah. him, but we know his nobody name. Nobody knows anything about him. We know different names by him. It's like Piper Niven, you know. Yeah. Well, at least they don't pretend to know that. Like they're just like, oh, who is she? They just don't watch NXT UK like the rest of us. Yeah. 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 Um, right, well, yeah, but hopefully, uh, Tommy End does great. I, I know he can, and now the shackles are Who's off. Who's Tommy End? Uh, so yeah, all right, next up, it's time to watch Bash at the Beach. Let's see what Bash at the Beach you we got to watch Bash. today. As I have you mean Great American, American Bash? 20, uh, Bash. yeah, sorry. July, American Bash. Bash. Look, just because the NWO formed 25 years ago the other day doesn't mean we're going to watch the Great Bash. Are you ready, Danny? This is yours. It's my I'm going to roll. Okay. Okay. 18. What was 18? Uh oh. What what official year are we looking at? It, so it's the way we're doing it is we're, we're for, for fans who weren't listening last week. We're rolling a 20-sided die as there are 
it's listed in the peacock as seasons each one is an a season um of the great american band we can't do 18 because we did yeah, 18 last yeah, year yeah hey, hold on that, that portion looks similar okay re-roll your dice sucks re-roll, <laughs> re-roll. See, it's loaded, 18. It's loaded for 18. re-roll all right re-roll all right, here we go. Here we go. Second roll. I did, you want to like, you know, if it lands on eighteen again, you know, just don't spit on your phone. All right, all right. Let's see. Here we go. Give me an early number. Come on, single digits. Single digits. Oh, number five. Nineteen eighty nine. Number five. So season five. Yeah, headline. Which headline is by Ric Flair, Danny. I know, I know you're looking for it. Versus now. Terry Funk. 1989 Great American Bash. Great American Bash. Now, for like I said, for fans who weren't listening last week, we get this event, and I was the one who was chosen to now pick a match from this show to watch. Yep. Um. So we have... Ooh. Triple Crown, King of the Hill, Double Ring Battle Royal. What the fuck? <laughs> that sounds exciting. Brian Pillman versus Bill Irwin, like like the Crocodile Hunter. Uh, no, no, no. That's Steve. No, Steve Irwin. There we go. Yeah. yeah. Skyscrapers versus the Dynamic Dudes. All right, Shane Douglas and Johnny Ace, ooh, baby. Ooh, here, here's the match: Jim Cornette versus Paul E. Dangerously in a tuxedo oh. match, baby. We can see grown men strip each other's clothes off. Out of shape grown men strip each other's clothes off at that. The Steiners and the Varsity Club. Oh, okay. Sting and the Great Muda. I think we found our match. Luger and Ricky Steamboat. The Road Warriors, the Midnight Express. That was a good one. And Steve Williams versus the Fabulous Freebirds, the Samoan SWAT team. Um, and then of course your main event, Ric Flair and Terry Funk, which we will. All right. So, Danny, before you make a, a, a pick, I'm gonna ask. Before you pick yeah, Sting and I'm, Muda, I'm just gonna yeah. and tell us before you tell us what match and why, real quick. I'm gonna say, everybody, make sure you are now on on get get your Peacock out or uh, your WWE Network if you're not in the United out, States. Yeah. Or go to so your. If we get our peacocks Or out, if you're arrested. Canadian, go to your TV channel for the WWE Network. Uh, and yeah, uh, we're going to watch. Uh, that's, uh, I think, season five, episode one. Yeah. Uh, from the Great, Great American Bash. Bash. From 1989, but it is, it is listed on Peacock as season five, yeah. episode one. And this is the WCW version. So yeah, season five, episode one, uh, and yes, and we we will be picking Sting Sting Muda. the Great Muda for the NWA World Television Championship. Color me shocked. That's the uh, of course nobody can see Danny, but that's the only match Danny said with a smile. Yeah, yeah. The others, I was kind of like, oh, okay, this is unusual. This is interesting. And then that one, I was like, what? When I looked at the card, I was like, oh, there's Great Muda. I know what we're watching. Yeah. It's Sting versus Muda <laughs> in 89. Wait. Oh, is this is this the gear? No, this is season five. Hold on. Ooh, I got to the wrong one. My apologies. Oh, you're in 1992 then. 
Oh. Did you go to the wrong season or did you tell me the wrong did season? I, no, he went to the wrong season. It's 1989. Oh, uh, so season two. I'm sorry. Season two. I, I don't know what they had this out of order. I guess they don't have the first couple of ones yet. Maybe not. All right. So season right, two, so episode one. On, yeah, we're on season two, episode one, which is Great American Bash 1989. The WCW. Uh, WCW. Pause me now. Yeah. Trying to. Oh, that's the War Games match. Too far. Here we go. I saw the Muda red pants. Yeah. yeah. There's Muda in his red. Yeah. All right. Go back just a little bit because Muda comes out with Brian Pillman. There you go. Unless we better not miss Muda's entrance. Go back. Yeah. Cause yeah. There you go. Okay. All right, everybody, we're going to start the one hour, two minute mark. One hour, two minute mark. You got uh, 30 seconds to get that ready. Uh, again, if you're on the WWE Network, is uh, the Great American Bash 1989. Uh, one hour, two minute mark. If you're on uh, the Peacock Season 2, Episode 1. One hour, two minute mark. If you're on uh, in Canada, I have no clue how you search this, but you, you yeah. do your best. You know, it's in, it's all French to me. Pause it. Yeah. Find the match. Pause me. Find the show. Find the match. You've unpaused me. Now, uh, all all the best luck to you. Uh, if, if you're listening live and for some reason you're not able to catch up, you know what? This will be out next week. We can you can listen it again. You, you know, you love to hear our, our sultry voices. So, yeah. All right. We're going to press play in five, four, three, two, one, play. I guarantee you the person that's about to come out is from the land of the rising sun. Yeah, because they have. Asian-looking people beating a gong. Yeah. Why are you such a racist, Derek? I'm not. WCW is. Yes. The Pearl of the Orient, as he was known. You'll hear Gary Michael Capetta probably call him that. Thirty-minute time limit. We were both right. Land of the Rising Sun and the Pearl of the Orient. The Pearl of the Orient, yeah. So, Great Muda is one of my favorites of all time. Um, unbelievable character, unbelievable ring work, persona, be it Muda or even as Keiji Muto. Um, it's absolutely one of the best to ever do it. Uh, his run in the NWA WCW, you know, starting in 89 and, and you know, up to 92, 93-ish, um, was prime Muda. You know, was, he essentially developed the Muda character just prior to coming to WCW. Uh, prior to that, he'd been wrestling mostly as Keiji Muto. 
Um, Gary Hart is a greatly underrated and, you know, often for not just underrated, often forgotten manager, um, you know, but uh, one of the greats and definitely great in the these, you know, the early 90s of, of WCW. Um, there is a Gary Hart biography out there. Uh, it has been out of print for many, 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 many years. years. His family and the estate. um refused to issue the rights to reprint the book. Um, I don't know if there's stuff in there they just don't want people to know, but it is definitely one of the more valued and more sought-after wrestling biographies um, You know, of one of the great managers uh, of all time. And they were an amazing pairing. Sting in the great mood had many, many matches in WCW. Uh, every single one of them was was outstanding. As this was also Sting at his physical pre, you know, physical peak in the early mid nineties. Um, you know, we now got the two rings as it's a War Games event later tonight. Um, but I think the action can only stay in one of the rings. Is kind of the rule. So, so Muda. Is oh, here we go! Whoa! Out of bounds. Oh, no, we coming in hot. Sting coming in hot, baby. He said. That was actually a pretty oh, good Sting, spot. Sting going to chase Gary Hart now. Well, this is when you know Sting was a young, I mean, young guy who yeah, could do this type of moves. Physically prime Sting, yeah. Yeah. Um, judo chop, yes. Yes. Eventually, as fans of the Attitude Era would know. <laughs> Eventually, Sting and Great Muda would team together, uh, teaming with Vampiro as the brothers in paint. So, yeah. although they were a great rivals in the early 90s, you know, 10 plus years go by and they put those aside. Oh, what a uh, moonsault. Going for the moonsault already and missing it. Connected the spin kick and Sting just shakes it off. Shake off that one. And the nice. injury. One of the great things I love about Muda, one of the many great things, is um, his movements, his strikes. They start very slow, and then they move quickly and suddenly um, to make them look very unique, make them look very, you know, very powerful. Um, and and definitely, you know, he comes from odd angles with his with his strikes, his kicks. Um, and I absolutely love him in the red paint and red pants. That's one of my favorite looks of Muda. I don't know uh, if I've ever seen Muda with this long of hair before. I don't yeah, know if I've watched anything early, early nineties of yeah. Muda. Yeah, he had this kind of shaggy haircut for a while, and then of course later on he would, you know, go to the shaved head and and rock the mask, or you know, just the shaved head as KG Muto. Up, oh, Stinger looking to fly again. So is there was was this not a disqualification flying now? Because I thought anything over the top rope was a DQ. No, yes. no, it's only if you throw your opponent over the top. Okay, rope. okay. You can fly over, but if you throw your opponent over the top rope, it can be a disqualification yeah. because that was considered, you know, that's Watts' rules. But that, that was Bill Watts. That was much later. Yeah, I think a year or two after this. Okay, I think because I don't think Bill Watts lasted that long. Did he? I can't Muda's remember. face paint's better than Sting's. 
especially in yeah. the red and black. Yeah. The Oriental Sleeper, as JR called it. It's not just a normal sleeper because he is a man from the Orient. This is a... And therefore, the sleeper itself is Oriental. This is another fantastic match on WWE Dynamite. Yeah, Bill Watts joined uh, WCW in 1992. He only lasted there a year. Okay, so 92. Okay, so so not quite yet. Mm. It's really weird that Muda's face paint's only, like, disappearing by his chin. Yeah, it's the only place he's really rubbed it on Stinger. On Stinger, yeah. Yeah. I like the I like the neon pink and and turquoise on Sting. For, for Sting, yeah, yeah. Uh, Muda with uh, the big right hand. Uh, so if you as you saw, that was Brad Armstrong who came out with um, or no, it was, no, it's Pillman. Never mind. No, it, it was Brad neither Pillman. one. It was uh, it was Garvin. Yeah. It was who? Ronnie Garvin. It was Ronnie Garvin. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, they all dressed the same back in the day. Yeah, pretty much. And they all had the mullets and stuff. And he, well, he came out. I'm of sorry, no, it wasn't Garvey. It was uh, Eddie Gilbert. Sorry. Oh, it was Hot Stuff. Okay. And Hot Stuff's had issues with with Gary Hart and um, and the Great Muda. So he basically came out to make sure Gary Hart didn't get involved and try any shenanigans. Um, yeah. And make sure that Muda kept it clean. Is you know, Muda's a very unpredictable wrestler. He'll utilize, you know, for, you know, the international object and um, the plunder, you know, underhanded tactics as well as, you know, the the Asian mist uh, among many other things in his in his arsenal. So I know that we're all thinking it. So I'm going to ask the question. Who spilled their cocaine in the corner over there? Probably somebody threw powder in an <laughs> earlier match. Because I think that was still a thing that was big in the NWA was throwing the handful of powder into somebody's eyes. You know, so also it's remnants they didn't sweep out yet. Powder, so powder could potentially have been cocaine. We don't know. Powder, also the the street name for cocaine. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yeah. yeah, but honestly, why would you waste all that cocaine thrown in somebody's face? Because they could get a good saying. snort of it too that while they're that stuff ain't cheap. Why not save it for yourself? Use the talcum powder, the baby powder in their face. Because we're 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 sharing with the brothers, daddy. Yeah. The Cobra Stretch. God, my eye feels better. Cobra Twist. The Abdominal Stretch. The Cobra Twist, of course, made famous by Antonio Inoki in Japan. Muda being of the second generation. Um, That was a fun pen. Coming after there. Yeah, the... the, the, uh, Yeah, I do like that pin. The Abdominal Stretch into the... Kind of basically into a crucifix pin. Yeah. Yeah. So Noki and you know and Tatsumi Fujinami, of course, are the you know the original gens of the New Japan Pro Wrestling wrestlers. Great Muda, Chono, um, uh, Hiroshi Hase as well, and um, Ricky Choshu are all considered the second generation. You know, as um, I think it was it was Muda, Chono, and Shinya Hashimoto, which were the three Musketeers mm-hmm. of New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, so of course he plays, you know, honored that with using the abdominal stretch. Goes Whoop. to the back elbow for the second time, and Stinger gets out the way. Close line, close line. Uh, of course, these guys would nice eventually uh, make up. Uh, well, 
Uh, Muay relieve. Yeah. No, I went over all that in the, in in two thousand. They well, no, even before that, years. like during this era, this feud, uh, okay. Flair and Terry Funk had an I Quit match that I still love to this day. One of my favorite Clash of the Champion matches of all times, and uh, everybody came out, uh, and uh, you know, Muta had enough of Gary Hart and. Rick Flair's, uh, not Rick Flair's antics. Terry Funk's oh, antics. No! Ate the mist. Nick Patrick ate the mist. By God. That's why he turned on the NWO. That's why he joined the NWO. He's like, I can't handle this. Yeah. Stay in your spot. Nope. Oh, Muda moved out of the way. I mean, these men would wrestle, you know, here in WCW. They'd wrestle in the Tokyo Dome in Japan. Uh, you know, this was a very, very hot feud for several years. Muda going for the moonsault once again. Oh, it's so Chris. Over halfway across the ring, and he hit it. One, two. There's a new ref. Oh, Tommy Young didn't get in there fast enough. That's usually a three count. Jesus Christ, where are you going? He's running around. Rallying he, the he realizes cocaine on the ring. Yeah, he, <laughs> he, he found the cocaine. coke. Yeah. <laughs> Uh-oh, one, two, three, three. Uh, Stinger wins. Muda had the shoulder up. Muda had a shoulder up. Looked like Sting might have had a shoulder up, too. I don't know. New TV champion, the Stinger. The winner, and still, still. Sting was the champion coming in, the NWA World Television Champion. I need a review. Listen to that yeah, song. Well, I think they're going to review it. I think the referee is going to review it. Yeah, Nick Patrick's coming in now. Nick Patrick saying the challenge flag. Look, Nick Patrick saying no, no, no. Sure. What's going on? Gary Hart handed the belt to Muda. As he said, his shoulder was up. Uh, Muda said, "Fuck it, I'm out." Oh. Yeah, I'll take the belt. I'm leaving. I'll go to the crowd. I'll give a fuck. <laughs> oh, we're going to the replay. And yeah, we got to see this replay now. The original ref and then the the second ref who came in seemed to have differing opinions. Oh, hear the crowd chanting Fans bullshit chanting now. bullshit. That's not back very 80, WCW. Back in '89, baby. Oh, the slow mo even. Well, we're not going to see the slow-mo, are we? I guess not. Man called Sting! I don't think they had a... Oh, here we go. Oh, here we go. Belly-to-back suplex by Sting. Boom. Uh, Sting had his up. They both had him up. And then Muda gets a shoulder up right before three, though. Yeah. Yeah, we cannot tell from this angle is what they say. So Well they only gave it like three seconds and then like oh yeah. fuck it, let's move to the so next Sting, one. Sting is, you know, considered the winner and retains the championship, but Muda takes the belt and leaves the building yeah. with Gary Hart. That is uh a, a a very brief match, but Denny was not gonna be led astray and be forced to watch a Ric Flair match. Or a tuxedo match between Jim Cornette and uh, Paulie Dangerously. Although I think he was very I mean, much... We didn't have two and a half hours yeah. to watch a flare match. Uh, we definitely don't have that. 
Um, but we. So what I'll do next week, Patrick, uh-huh. is I'll roll the dice and let you pick it. But you don't have the dice. Oh, you, do you have a twenty? I have a bunch of twenty-sided die, bro. I play D and D. I don't know who has twenty-sided die. We would have thought I had a twenty-sided die. All right, yeah, we'll do that. We've already shared your mutual love for D and D before. Okay, we know you both have dice. Oh, to those of us who listen. So, sorry, I don't listen to this podcast anymore. Ever since I stopped editing it, listen to your friends. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> well, that is it for tonight. Thank you all for listening. Uh, make sure you subscribe on uh, the Podbean app, on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Amazon Music, Spotify, uh, somewhere on Google. Uh, we're all over. Make sure you also follow us on the Twitter machine at FOW Radio. Danny's on Twitter at Danny F and Danger. Mika's not here, but she's also on Twitter at uh, Mika Villas. Eric's on Twitter at EJ423X. I'm on Twitter at YellowmanPA. Uh, and until next time, keep watching wrestling.